Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today you are in for one speedy treat. As you could clearly already tell from the title, today's guest is professional runner and 25-time national title holder, Molly Huddle. Now, I'm not going to play it cool with you here. Molly Huddle is one of my absolute favorite runners. I just love watching her race, whether it's at the Olympics, where she has competed twice, at the New York City Marathon, where she made her 26.2 mile debut last year, or at the New York City Half Marathon, which she's won three times. Molly is a strong, solid, always composed looking racer, but she's also really gutsy and throws so much of herself into every performance, and I admire that so much. Even though Molly's been tearing up the long distance courses for the past few years, she says her favorite distance will forever be the 5K. So on this episode, we of course talk about her racing strategy, which is basically go out hard, push the pace, and finish really, really, really fast. Molly talks about what it was like breaking Shalane Flanagan's 10,000 meter American record at the Rio Olympics in 2016. She shares what it's like being married to a fellow runner, and she talks about her third place finish at last year's New York City Marathon. And again, that was her marathon debut, so third place in her first ever marathon. Same, Molly, same. She talks about her proudest career moments on the episode, she talks about her greatest challenges, and shares what it's like being a female in the professional running community. Plus, she shares how she helped create the runner girl emoji, and yes, she talks about her pre-race manicure habit. You're going to love this one. Enjoy. Molly Huddle, welcome to the Allie on the Run show. Hey, Allie. Glad to be here. Yay. So, Molly, we start this this show. I always say we start it like any good run, but I'll be honest, this isn't how I start my runs, but you're a professional. So start us off how you probably start your runs with a warm up. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Sure. Um, my name is Molly Huddle. I'm a distance runner for Saucony. I live in Providence, Rhode Island. I've been here about 11 years now. Um, and I'm coached by Ray Tracy, who is the track and cross country coach at Providence College. Awesome. So why Providence? Um, well, there was a great group of women training here when I first graduated, all distance runners from all over the world. Um, and they were doing things I wanted to do on the big stage as far as qualifying for Olympics and world championships and running fast times. So yeah, between Ray's expertise and that big group of training partners, it was kind of a no brainer for me. Well, it's clearly working because you are a 25-time national title holder, and you've competed, like you said, you've competed on some of the world's biggest stages, from the New York City Marathon to the Olympics twice. So when you were growing up, were those your dreams? Was being a professional runner, like, the big goal for you? I don't think I knew what a professional runner really was, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, like any kid, I would watch the Olympics on TV and, and want to be there somehow in some sport, not really knowing how, um, but yeah, I was always inspired by the Olympics and just that, that kind of excellence. And, um, I was always into sports growing up and, and my dad was a runner. So I guess eventually I knew that would be kind of my thing. So yeah, it was, it was a dream. I just didn't really quite know the reality of it. <laughs> yeah, well, the reality has been amazing to watch. So I remember last summer watching when you broke the 10,000 meter American record at the at the Rio Olympics. What was that like? Yeah, that was crazy. It was unlike any race I'd been in, um, where it just was so fast from the start. And 
and we had expected that, but it was still a bit of a shock. Just, um, you know, we were, the women's 10 K was the first final of the track track and field portion of the Olympics. And it was like 11 AM in the stadium. And usually we compete under the lights at night and, you know, there wasn't like a big crowd or anything. So it was almost surreal that I was like, just trying to hang on to the pack at this, this pace that was like, not like anything I ever thought I could do. And then, you know, no one's really cheering for you. <laughs> You're just kind of, it was just we kind were, of, a, we were yeah. cheering at home. <laughs> it was kind of a funny feeling. It was, it almost was comforting. Like it felt like, um, kind of a local road race or something, you know, like there's a few people clapping, but like, you're giving it your all. So yeah, afterwards I looked up at the board and was pretty shocked at how fast we all ran really the top. I think the top, um, eight or so were really fast times and there were a couple of national records in there. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool to be able to take advantage of that kind of rare opportunity. And going into that race, did you know what the American record was and was, was breaking it one of your goals for that race or were you solely focused on the competition at hand? I really was just focused on placing. I just wanted to be in, you know, as close to top three as I could be. And I knew if it went out hard, I had to hang on and hope to pick people off. Um, I did know the record with Shalane's at 3022. I'd known that for years. And, um, I just always thought it was such a crazy time. Like when I, when I would go after my PR and, uh, usually in May I'd run a 10 K and I would be so far away from that. I always would marvel at that time and be like, how did she do that? So, um, that was pretty crazy to, to come away a few seconds faster than that. Yeah, and I remember her, I'm like very obsessed with women in sport right now and like the camaraderie. Maybe it's after Shalane's win at the marathon, but I can't get enough of like the warm, fuzzy women supporting women feelings right now. And I remember after you broke the record, I remember Shalane tweeting you and being like, congratulations. And I thought that was so cool. Like, hey, you broke my record, but like, I'm psyched for you. So I'm curious. And you mentioned coming to Providence because there was a great group of women. So is that like a thing in American distance running that the women are generally very supportive of each other? Or is that just like, I don't know, I'm curious about because you're competitors, right? Like, you have different sponsors, and you're competing against each other at a lot of the same races. So kind of what's the dynamic between the women in the running industry? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially the distance runners, like when you get into the marathon and 10k, it's just, you're alone so much of the time, both in in your race and some, I mean, ideally you have a training partner, but there's always going to be runs where you're alone for a long time. And so I think you just kind of value each other. And, um, there's kind of a, I'd say there's like a mutual respect just for how hard it is, you know, to do, to do it at that level. And the, the American success is definitely growing, but you know, it's, it's still a little bit rare to see, uh, an American coming away with a distance medal. So I think we just really are inspired by each other. And, um, I think we just are, yeah, just like thriving off that, that kind of an atmosphere more so than a competitive atmosphere. But I mean, I think we just had this cool understanding of like when the gun goes off, it's everyone for themselves. And then afterwards, you know, you are friends and you are country women and you are inspired by each other and supportive of each other. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of a, the best way to be in the sports world. So I'm glad that we've kind of found that balance. And um, yeah, I definitely draw inspiration from from the women that are killing it right now. Oh, well, keep it coming. The warm fuzzies, the, the world needs more of that right now. So it's really <laughs> it's an honor to watch and to see all the women celebrating each other. So when you're competing at the Olympics, which you've done twice now, 
What is that pressure like? I mean, is there pressure to represent your country or are, is there pressure on yourself? Kind of how do you handle that? And do you feel any amount of pressure? There's definitely pressure just because, you know, it's such a big stage and it's so it's every four years. So you you do feel like you kind of need to um, act fast and, and you don't want to miss any opportunities because you have to wait so long. And you may you, you know, you just don't know how many teams you're going to be fortunate enough to represent the USA for. So um, there's that pressure. But there's also an excitement, you know, and and just there's so much going on around you. You're not the only athlete you're not the only event and you're not even the only sport going on so i i would take comfort in that knowing like you're a piece of this like big big amazing circus that's going on so try not to you know feel the spotlight too badly but i think it's just personal goals yeah just you know working for four years for something when the day comes around you're gonna feel you know some pretty heavy pressure it's just a lot a lot of effort and the journey was was fairly long so i think everyone feels that and um I think it helps to have some kind of experience with it beforehand. So I think, you know, the first time I made an Olympic team in 2012, I felt much different going into that final for the 5K than I did going into the 10K final in um, 2016. Just just having done it before is um, it was a great way to kind of get the nerves out. <laughs> and do you work with a sports psychologist or anything? Like, what do, what do you do to train your mental game? I've talked to a few sports psychologists just between USATF and um, like one of my friends is pretty knowledgeable in that area. So a, f a few tactics and a few just key things, um, nothing in depth, but just some strategies that help are, you know, depending on what kind of person you are, just kind of listing your, your concerns and anxieties beforehand and, and kind of getting those out of your head early um, and things like you know, having a mantra to say during the race to kind of keep you engaged and keep keep you positive, um, things like that. I think a lot of athletes have heard of by now that are simple and, and really effective are things that, you know, professionals use at the highest stage as well. So, yeah, those have been really helpful. What is your favorite mantra? I like to change it. Um, I have a necklace that says strong on it. So usually something about strength, like be strong, finish strong, you know, some strong legs, something like that, that you can not have to think too hard about when your brain's running out of oxygen. <laughs> good, so. That's a good point. Keep it simple. <laughs> yep. Uh, you mentioned that at the, um, at the Olympics last year that the race went out really fast. So I feel like, you know, having watched you race over the years, I always feel like that's your strategy, that you seem to go out fast and you just hang on and you lead the way and you just look so strong which, you know, strong like your mantra and confident out there. I'm curious, is that is that actually your racing strategy or is that just me, my amateur eyes thinking like she's leading the way again? It was totally on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if I'm facing the international competition, like at a Diamond League or World Champs or the Olympics, I, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't lead. I mean, I do a little bit of research on who's in the field and who's whose PRs are, you know, are what. So um, there's kind of natural leaders in that way. Like if someone's PR is a minute faster than someone else's, they're going to go to, they're going to be able to dictate more of the race. So I think, you know, in some of the U.S. races, maybe they, I, I get away with going to the front. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but at the 
Olympics. I definitely, I liked that it went out aggressively. I liked that it was, you know, going to weed out basically who was the fittest athlete. Cause I thought that was one of my strengths that day that I was in very good shape. Tactics can kind of play either way. You know, when it's a slower race, there are people that can be a lot quicker than you that you just don't want around at the end. So <laughs> I was, I was kind of glad that it sorted out early, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't want to be in the very lead that day. <laughs> <laughs> and then last year, later in the year, you made your marathon debut at the New York city marathon, which again was so fun to watch. And you got third. Is that something that was on your mind? Like, what were your goals for that race? Because that was your, that's a really impressive debut. Uh, what, what made you want to try the marathon and, what kind of outcome were you hoping for? Yeah, the marathon, I mean, I came to it kind of relatively late um, in my career, but it was such a enticing distance. Like you just feel like you're not, you haven't experienced the full range of distance running experiences until you try a marathon. Um, that's how I, how I felt. And I'd watched a few training partners do numerous marathon buildups and I felt kind of left out. So <laughs> I was glad to be able to know what it feels like now. It's always um, the peer pressure in some way. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, I got to, got to finally do all the long runs and take bottles and gels and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, New York was a great experience. I had no idea what I was in for. Like I had, I mean, everyone says the marathon is full of unknowns and it, it really is like, you don't know if you're going to be good at it the first time. You don't know if you're going to, you know, run into some kind of unforeseen problem as far as cramping or blisters or just, you know, fading and hitting that wall that everyone talks about. And so to come away third and in, in a, prestigious marathon like New York gave me a lot of hope like I I know I can improve in a few areas so um I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. Oh, well that was my next question was like is the marathon a bucket list thing or are you sticking with it for a little while? Yeah, I'm definitely sticking with it. Um I'd like to do two marathons actually in 2018 and and if they go well, hopefully I'll be able to try to make the Olympic team in the marathon for 2020, which, um, yeah, it, you, it's a few years away, but you have to start practicing now because you just can't fit that many marathons in, in a year. And I want to get that experience. So yeah, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> Yay. Well, I think it's safe to say that you have a very excited cheering section around the world that is excited for you to race more marathons because you're very fun to watch. You mentioned the wall. Did you hit the wall? I wouldn't say I hit the wall per se in New York. It was kind of a funny race because it broke open so early that I I think I ran the last 15 miles just trying to chase the woman that was about 20 seconds ahead of me. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I think if I get into a race where we're, we're pushing each other as a pack for longer, I think I'll definitely get close to that um, that place. And, you know, I want to because that, that I feel like – until you hit that, you kind of don't know what your potential is. Um, so uh, we did a good job fueling, I will say. I think that helped me a lot, too. You know, it was a cool day, and I didn't skip any bottles or gels. So that definitely helped extend the wall a few, mi- a few miles. Um, but, yeah, I think I can definitely run a little bit faster earlier in the race and um, – Hopefully I approach the wall, but don't hit it next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good goal. How did the pain of the marathon compare to the pain of a 5K? Oh, it's so different. Um, the, fi- the 5K is just you burn kind of the entire way, and you just feel like you can't, for me anyway, I can't actually move my legs any faster. <laughs> like I just feel kind of maxed out, you know, like I'm just, you know, in sprint form nearly for me in a 5K, whereas the marathon you just – 
you just got to stay durable. You just got to see, you can't slow down. You can't break down. And, um, it's just totally different. So I'm sure this is like a dorky question, but for me, the everyday runner, I watch all these marathons either in person or on TV and the lead pack and, you know, even when the lead pack breaks off, the first the lead runners have people with them. You have the press truck. You have all these cameras on you for 26.2 miles or in any race. What is that like? Is that something that you're just now used to? Because I feel like if I'm at mile 20 of a marathon, even if I'm having the best day of my life, I might start to feel a little cranky. I don't know how I would feel having cameras in my face, having a press truck, having bikes on either side. What is that like from your perspective? Yeah, I I mean, in New York, they were they were following Mary Katani, so they were they were a ways ahead of me by uh, halfway. But it is it is kind of weird in other races to have that. Um, I usually like it because it reminds you that you're like on a big stage, kind of doing something like that's a big deal. So it kind of gets my adrenaline going. But I will say, at the end of a marathon, like you just don't, <laughs> especially if you hit the wall, you probably just don't want anyone to look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's funny the things I forget that I'm doing when I'm racing. Like I've, I've seen a lot of footage of me like blowing snot into my hand and like <laughs> things like that where I'm like, Oh, there was TV there. <laughs> and I just, I just didn't care, but I care now. So yeah, that's kind of silly, but, um, you know, I, I kind of like being reminded that it's, it's high stakes. And I think the cameras kind of do that. So I like that. So this year you had a very different perspective for, for the New York City Marathon. Tell everyone what you did this year during the race. Yeah, this year I live tweeted the race from the press room at the finish line. <laughs> Definitely different than racing it, but a great vantage point for sure. And yeah, t- we had such a great day on the American side with Shalane's win and it was Meb's last run. So it was really cool to be there for that stuff. And what was the pressure like in the press room? Is it a little different from the pressure when you're running? It's very different, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I didn't want to say anything wrong or, or make too many typos, but uh, a lot less a lot less pressure <laughs> in general. I, I wish I had raced that day. It looked like a great day. So. Yeah, it was a good day to watch. <laughs> well, I'm curious, you're known for, for many things. One of them is, of course, your nails. Your nails play a big part in, you know, I feel like everyone knows about Molly Huddle's pre-race manicure. So did that help you with the live tweeting or what was your nail strategy that day? It did. I had leftover (laughs) race day nails because I raced a 5K the day before. So, yeah, they were New York themed, um, Statue of Liberty themed nails. (laughs) They were pretty cool. Saucony made me some pretty sweet nail wraps. Um, So I had those on still and my fingers looked pretty good while they were tweeting. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, And tell us about the 5K. I was I ran the 5K, too. I was only, you know, a, a little bit behind you. But you've run that race and won it several times now. Tell us about it's the Dash to the Finish 5K, the Abbott Dash to the Finish 5K. Get the branding right there. Um, tell us about that race. Why is that one special for you? Yeah, it's, it's a cool race, isn't it? You get to cross the yeah. finish line and stuff uh, for the marathon. So that's cool. And um, it's just fun to be a part of the weekend. You know, not everyone is is uh, ready to run a marathon or entered in the marathon, but they're they want to be a part of the festivities in New York that weekend. So it was pretty cool that it, it was also um, the U.S. 5K Road Championship this year. So that made it more important to me to, to go do that. So it was pretty cool. It was um, great to just, even though I couldn't run 26.2, still get a little race in that weekend. 
Yeah, and you won. At what point in the race did you know that you had it? I I wasn't sure. Um, I think I pulled away around like 3K or two miles. And when I couldn't really hear anyone, I thought I was, you know, safe. But um, it's challenging in the park there. So I just didn't want to slow down inadvertently on any of the hills and just kind of finish as strong as I could. And did you ever turn around to check? I did. There's a few spots like, you know, the sharp turn when you're mm-hmm. coming into the park where you actually can easily kind of check behind you because you can still kind of see the road uh, as you turn. So, yeah, that was a good spot with about 1,200 to go to see who was there. And you were like, all right, I got this. I hoped so. Yeah, I felt <laughs> strong. You never know. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> the legs can just fall out from under you. But, yeah, I felt pretty good. Awesome. So going back to the nails, which I'm very interested in, where did that come from? Have you just always been like into manicures or where is it a superstitious thing? I I have always been into it. Like I've been doing my nails since um, like fifth grade CYO basketball games. <laughs> but um, it became a racing superstition. Like I, I didn't always do it in college because I didn't have time. But um, my professional career, I just found it fun and relaxing. And um, yeah, I got more into it a couple of years ago. Uh, as far as like tweeting the designs and stuff. And um, it just kind of took off from there. I love it. And another thing that you were very influential in making happen is the runner girl emoji. Tell us about that. Yeah, I I mean, I honestly don't know how influential I was. I um, wrote an official like submission to the people in charge of emojis and um, adding characters to the keyboard are is called Unicode. And um, I just Googled it one day because I, my friend and I were talking about how there isn't, there wasn't a female runner emoji. And uh, I just Googled how to get an emoji made (laughs) and followed the steps. And um, yeah, now there's an emoji for everything, which is great. They've really taken off. (laughs) It's not as hard, hard to get an emoji made, but uh, I'm just glad that there's, there is a female runner yeah. represented on my keyboard because I use a lot of emojis for an adult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. I was just going to say, I was going to say the runner girl is my most used, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. no, because I use the crying. I use the monkey covering the eyes. I feel like that's my most used, but yeah. runner girl's in the top five for sure. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, your husband is a runner as well. Did you guys meet through running? We did. We were both on the team, cross-country and track teams at Notre Dame. And so we spent a lot of time together that way. I love it. And how often do you run together? We don't really do recreational runs together. He more paces my workouts. So, um, yeah, it's it just works better that way. Like, he always is a little bit faster than me on the easy days. And so he's always a little more comfortable. So it's just kind of annoying. But yeah. um, he's great to have in workouts because he, for him, he could be not in good shape. And he can always hit my workout paces because he's just, he's a guy and he's talented. So it works out the best that way because we're both focused on, like, one thing. And See, um, it's been really helpful. You're so nice. That would drive me crazy. I would be like, no, 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 get on a bike, pace me from there. Um, Do you ever get in like spats really late in the workout when you're just like, kind of like what I asked with the cameras? Are you ever like, just get out of my face? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that exact quote has happened. It's just like when you're I think most runners can relate to just that discomfort mid workout discomfort where you like easily lose your temper. It's kind of like being hangry except the running version of that like you're I don't know 
I don't know the word, rank, rangry, yeah. <laughs> when you're just like really uncomfortable and angry. So yeah, he understands though, because he's a runner. So it works out, oh, fortunately. Good. <laughs> good. Sounds like you have a good team. So what is a day in the life of a professional runner, you specifically, what does a day in the life look like? Um, usually we do two workouts a day, uh, either mileage or a track workout is the main morning workout. And then in the afternoon, we'll do an, a shorter, easier run. And um, I'd say between like a physical therapy or chiropractor session and a weightlifting session or a massage or something like that, it really does take up the meat of your day. So that's, that's pretty much how the hours are spent. And um, usually I will wake up and have something to eat and some coffee. And then I'll text one of the girls in our training group and we'll meet up somewhere in Providence to run one of our favorite locations, either usually it's a bike path or a park. And then we kind of rest in the middle part of the day because recovery is so important. Um, So I'll, you know, read or look up some stuff online for like the next race or the next training camp or just watch watch a TV show or something. And then we'll meet up again in the afternoon or sometimes we'll do our afternoon run by ourselves, and then make dinner and go to bed early. Do you ever not want to run? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I mean, especially when you're doing like the high mileage stuff where the, when like this time of year when it's dark and kind of cold for your second run, it's like, Oh, I just don't want to go outside. <laughs> but it, that's when it helps to meet somebody or just to have like, some music on your run or something like that. All right. So what type of music do you like to run to? Um, I like kind of everything just as long as it's high energy. Cause it kind of, I get energy from the music when I'm listening to it. So, um, yeah, I like hip hop. I like pop. I like dance music, um, a variety. Do you ever wish that you could race with music because professional athletes can't run with headphones or any type of music? Do you ever wish you could, or do you like being really zoned in when you're racing? I definitely like to be zoned in. I think um, the few indoor races I've done where they do have music like pumping in the indoor track, you do get like an extra boost. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, to have it right in my ear, like I definitely would lose a valuable sense there, I think. (laughs) What is your diet like? What kind of stuff do you like to eat? Um, I try to eat like you know, limit, I don't limit much. I try to eat a good amount of protein and, um, red meat, especially I think is important for, for distance runners to keep your iron good, especially for the women. Try to eat enough fruits and vegetables to be healthy. And when you're marathon training, um, carbohydrates are huge. I mean, there's definitely a science behind that, getting that level correct. And so that's kind of what I've been, been focusing on lately. And, um, yeah, I try, I don't really limit like I mean, I try to have like no more than one dessert a day. That's, I don't think that's pretty, that's not very strict. So <laughs> you just need a lot of calories when you're training. So it's, it's just, um, I get away with a lot. I feel like. <laughs> what is the best thing about being a professional runner? I think the best thing about it is you don't feel like you have to explain you don't, you like, you don't have to justify giving yourself time to work out. Like you, that part of your life is necessary. And so you feel like you don't need to rush. You can just enjoy your workout and, you know, experience it every day, especially the recovery runs. That's, you know, when you can go to a trail and just zone out and have an enjoyable run, like those days are really fun. What sort of pace are you doing recovery runs at? 
Uh, it depends. Like the slowest I would go if I feel really rough is actually pretty slow, like eight minute pace nearly, especially if I'm at altitude or something like that. Um, I try to listen to my body. Like those days, I, I wouldn't want to look at my watch per se. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just want to feel it out. But yeah, I, I recover pretty hard. <laughs> well, I love that because that's a solid, what, three minutes slower than your race pace? Mm-hmm. Yep. So to everyone listening, this that took me a really long time to learn because I used to try to do my long runs at like my marathon pace because I just thought I would I thought that was important. It took me a long time to slow down on my longer runs. So to everyone listening, you're hearing it straight from Molly Huddle. Slow down. Yeah. And that took me a while, too, um, until I ran with I was training with people a lot better than me. And I just that's when I was just like, OK, I'll do what they do. And uh they take their easy days easy and their hard days really hard. Yeah, I love it. What is the hardest thing about being a professional runner? Uh, the hardest thing I think is that there's no off. There's a very small off season and almost no off days. So like on Christmas, it's hard to train and travel at the same time on any holiday, really. Um, and you miss things like, you know, weddings and fun, like visits with your family and friends just because you're at a training camp or something like that. So that can be hard. That It's just a very um, year-round grind to, to maintain your fitness. And you mentioned when we first started talking that you didn't always know you would be a professional runner, but at what point did you say, this is the career I want to pursue? Um, I think I started to think about that more in college when I ran my freshman year. I ran a couple good times in the 5K. And so I was, I was able to qualify for the Olympic trials as a 19 year old, or I think I was still 18 actually for the Olympic trials. So I think that's when I, you know, being around those women and, um, seeing those athletes make the team kind of inspired me. I think Shalane made the team actually that year when I was, and she was still in college. So just seeing that kind of stuff really inspired me and made me want to do it at the next level if I was lucky enough to get that good. So what has been, looking back at your running career, what have been any of the scariest moments? Do you ever get scared? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's always scary to show up to a race unprepared. And there's definitely times where it happens, you know, like you're, you've you've had an injury or you just haven't had the ideal buildup or you get to the starting line after an illness or something like that. And it's just scary because you just feel like you're not working with your usual um, set of tools, I guess you could call it. And so the unknown of that and just, you know, knowing it's still going to be a hard day, but you're still probably not going to walk away with the, with the result you wanted. Those are always scary, especially if it's a big stage. Like I remember the Olympic trials in 2008, I just kind of came up with an injury and wasn't feeling very good after having a really good season. And so I was kind of standing on the start line, just like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know how this is going to go. And everybody's watching. So those, those moments are scary, but other than that, like if you can prepare and, and give it your best shot, like you just, you always start every race telling yourself that's all you can do. Really. There's, there's always going to be parts of it that you can't control. So that's something you just learn along the way. What is the best running advice someone has ever given you? Um, that's hard to pick the best, but I think one of the ones I try to remember when I have doubts is my coach Ray told me, you know, we we don't want to forget what your strengths are. We don't we don't want to work on your weaknesses so much that we neglect your strengths because that's what made you good. And I think when you're doubting yourself and 
you're just looking around at what everyone else is doing. I guess it, this could go for more than just running. Um, when you look at what everyone else is doing, it's easy to forget, you know, kind of what, what your foundations are as an athlete and, um, just doubt that, you know, yourself well as an athlete. So it's good that he reminds me of that. Um, cause it's easy. The, the American runners are doing so well right now. It's easy to think, you know, well, what's this group doing? What's that group doing? And should I be doing all these other things? And, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be reminded of sticking with what works. I like that a lot. Um, what are your greatest strengths? I think my greatest strengths are um, probably just being good at grinding, you know, like kind of finding that upper limit of lactate threshold and um, to use a technical term, uh, just not going over that red line too early, but like just getting getting to that right pace at the right point in the race and just riding it out. Um, I'm hoping that helps me in a marathon, you know, I think it helped me in New York when I was alone in the later miles to not slow down, to just kind of keep pushing. But at the same time, I need to get better at um, going with other people and and leaving my comfort zone a little earlier. So it's a mix. (laughs) (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, you have 25 national titles to your name, which is a lot. Uh, That number's correct, right? 25? I... I think so. Okay. I feel like it was like 24, like two weeks ago, and it just keeps going up. So uh, we'll go with 25. Looking back, and that's just by the numbers, and those are just some of the numbers. What are you most proud of in your career so far? I think so far I'm proud of um, making two Olympic teams. That's um, definitely a goal that I had was to make an Olympic team and I'm proud of the American records because they just gave me a lot of confidence and, and the athletes that had those times before were, had done amazing things. So those, I'm proud of those two things and just being the consistency, um, of just making a, a bunch of, um, us teams in a row I'm proud of. Cause there was definitely a point early in my career where I didn't know if I was good enough to make a team. And I was kind of doubting that. And, um, yeah, it was really just circumstantial. You know, I would get hurt at the wrong time or sick at the wrong time. So I think once I got a smoother road to those championship meets, I proved that I I can do it. And I've been in the game for kind of a long time now. So I'm, I'm proud of the longevity there. Um, but definitely there's a few things on the list that I'd still like to do. So All definitely right, still motivated. Tell us the list. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. Like I definitely still have a list. It's keeping me motivated of things I want to do. Um, and to win a major marathon, especially one of the U S majors would be amazing. Um, even just to improve on my finish at New York would be, you know, definitely a proud moment. And I'd like to run faster in the marathon. I think I have uh, a better PR in me. So that's a goal. And yeah, an Olympic or world championship medal is still, something to reach for, you know, you never know if it's possible, but that's kind of what keeps me motivated these next couple of years. So, yeah. <laughs> so with goals like that, how do you not focus on what everyone else is doing? Cause I know, you know, like to, to medal at the Olympics, you have to obviously focus on your best, but is it hard to kind of not look to your left and right at the women lined up next to you and, and doubt, or are you pretty strong in that regard? It It is, but I feel like, um, in training, like I've, 
I know what it's like to push my own limits and I've definitely hit the ad week where I kind of went too hard and fell apart. And so I know that's all I can do. Um, and I know we're riding that line. So I definitely think it's good to be open-minded and kind of ask for advice from other experts as far as, you know, like what's your thoughts on this amount of mileage or this kind of fueling for the marathon, things like that, that you can always get better at. Um, but as far as the foundations of my, of my training and the amount of work I, my body can do, like I, I know we've optimized that. And, um, the truth is you, you have to be as ready as you can and on the start line as many times as you can, but you also need like a dose of luck for, (laughs) for the race to fall into your favor. So it's just, you know, that's what I've realized over the years. And so if you can be as ready as you can, as often as you can, that's, that's, the long-term game. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. So yeah, you have to, you definitely have to have confidence in your plan though. Yeah. Well, speaking of the long-term game, one thing that, um, you know, when I think about being, I come from a dance background. So when I would always talk to professional dancers, which is really similar to professional running in a sense, because your entire career relies on your body. And if something, you know, you mentioned, if you get sick, if you get hurt, like that can derail things for a long time, can derail things permanently. It also means you might not be doing the same thing when you're 60 or 70. So I'm curious, is that something that you think about at all? Or do you kind of just have to push that aside? You definitely think about it. I mean, there's there's guidelines for how long you can, like a marathoning career is possible into your, you know, mid to late 30s, but there's no guarantee that's how long I'm going to be able to do it per se. So there's always in the back of your mind that little sense of urgency of like, you just don't want to take any race for granted. And you just want to make sure that if, while you are feeling good, you're taking advantage of the opportunities that there are around you. So I think it helps to motivate you to know that like, you can't do it forever. And it's good that you're still enjoying it now because, you know, it's, it's not a permanent career. It's, it's just a, a piece of your life. Um, that you can do while your while your body lets you. So it just makes it more valuable to me and um, kind of more, yeah, I don't know, it keeps me motivated because I know it's, it's such a short and precious part of my life. So I think, yeah, I do, I have it in the back of my mind. It's maybe not in the forefront of my mind. Every <laughs> You're like, well, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind until you brought it up. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, what is your best advice for the everyday runner? I think my advice for the everyday runner would be to, um, to, to, to mix it up a little bit. I think you can get in ruts, especially when you're kind of in a hurry. And so you tend to do like the same route every time. But, um, yeah, my, my advice would be to explore, like explore race distances and, um, kinds of races and even places where you train. I think it helps refresh everybody. (laughs) All right. I'm going to make you pick a favorite now that you've dabbled in lots of distances. Which one is your favorite? Um, is that like picking a favorite kid or something? Probably. No, no, the 5k is still my favorite. Okay. (laughs) Um, I, it's just a comfort level there, but I, yeah, I'm definitely more intrigued by the marathon right now. All right. So you mentioned your list of things that you want to do. What are you training for now? And what's next for Molly Huddle? Um, well, I have a Turkey track, uh, (laughs) coming up in a few days and then, uh, I'm running the Manchester road race and, but I'm training for a half marathon. Um, that's my next big goal is to PR in the half. And is that the New York city half? 
No, it's, it's sooner than that. It's oh. um, the Houston half in January. Oh, cool. Um, and then I'll be doing a marathon buildup starting right after that. So a spring marathon after that. Okay. And will you run the New York City half this year? I'm not sure yet. <gasps> yeah, we're still deciding. How you have to. <laughs> I know. They have a new course and everything. I know. So like, I really want to check it out. You get to finish in Central Park this time, and... which is awesome. Automatic course record. I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, and for anyone listening who's new to Molly's career, you've won the New York City half how many times? I've won it three times. Yeah, so that's exciting, and that's always something that's fun to watch. Um, and I hope you run it again this year because you know we just want to watch you and cheer for you. So just planting that seed. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'll think about it. <laughs> well, we know one of your strengths when you race is well going out fast but also sprinting to the finish. Are you ready to sprint to the finish? I think I'm ready. All right. <laughs> then here we go. What would your last meal on earth be? Donuts. What is your favorite movie? Jurassic Park. Favorite TV show? Um, oh, it changes. Uh, Silicon Valley right now. Greatest fear? Sinkholes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's Are there a lot of those in Providence? That seems really random. No, it's kind of irrational. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Well, watch out for those. <laughs> Where was your first real kiss? Um, the library. <laughs> oh, I like it. That seems so scandalous. <laughs> uh, favorite race you've ever done? Let's see. Favorite race. The New York City Marathon. Oh, favorite place you've ever run? Belgium. Brussels, Ooh. Belgium. Ooh, what were you there for? The Diamond League meet there is really awesome. Cool. Where is somewhere that you're dying to travel? Um, I think Africa would be really cool. What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, I go make some coffee right away. <laughs> what is the last thing you do before you close your eyes at night? Um, Probably check Twitter, I hate to say. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite running workout? Uh, I love 400s. Yeah, 400s. Great. Thank you. 400s are my favorite. And everyone comes on this show and is all about mile repeats. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's too many. That's too far. That's too hard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Saturday long run or Sunday long run? Uh, We do long runs random days. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Any day. (laughs) Long run any day. (laughs) How did you meet your significant other? I mean, you kind of already answered this one. Yeah, just through running, track team. So you were just like, hey, you're cute. And he was like, hey, you're fast. You're cute. I like you. And then it was, that was it? Pretty much. Nice. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. I love it. Um, what is your drink order? Um, Like alcoholic drink? Yeah, or whatever. Uh, like a, probably just red wine. Nice. Okay. You get a phone call that you need to give an hour-long presentation about anything you want but it's tonight, so you have no time to premiere. What would you present about? Oh, gosh, that's like my nightmare. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I'd probably talk about, um, I don't even know. It wouldn't even be about running. It'd probably be about, like, shopping or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to shop? Um, I like Nordstrom. That's my favorite. <laughs> when people come to you for help, what do they usually want? Uh, usually running advice or, um, 
home decorating advice. Ooh, can you come over? I'm attempting to decorate for the holidays <laughs> right now and it is not going well. So if you could just... Yeah, I'd love to. That's oh. my favorite. <laughs> oh, thank you. First thing you'd do if you won the lottery. Uh, um, set up a... I probably would set up like a big um, women and girls running group slash training camp. Uh, that's amazing. I want you to win the lottery just to do that. That's, <laughs> I love that answer. What is your favorite smell? Coconut. Ooh, favorite season? Um, I like fall. Fall's great. Okay, you don't have to share it, but just be honest with a yes or no. Do you have a running poop story? <laughs> um, not personally, no. What? But I've definitely heard some great ones. How <laughs> is that possible? You have been running forever. That I am envious of everything about you right now. Well, there's still time. <laughs> I hope I didn't just jinx anything. I'll feel horrible. What is one thing you can't run without? Probably my current pair of favorite shoes, which is the Saucony Freedom. Excellent. Would you rather be invisible, be able to fly, or be able to read minds? Uh, invisible would be fun. Pedicures, yay or nay? Um, actually, no. Yeah, I just don't like people touching my feet, really. Yeah. So all about the nails. Yep. Fingernails. Where is your happy place? Um, probably just out on a really pretty trail in the fall in the woods somewhere. Do you have a trail in Providence that you can recommend to people, to anyone who's like visiting? So we don't have very much like mileage of trails, but the ones we have are really pretty. So the Cumberland Monastery is a nice little loop. Um, and also I just like our, our, some of our back roads are really pretty. Um, so I would say running up on Angel Road is a nice run. All right. There you go, Providence people. Now you know. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to cook? Uh, let's see. I like to make, um, I don't know. I don't really love cooking, but I like to eat certain things. So I guess I'll say <laughs> out of necessity, I like to make like um, chili is a good one. Ooh, that's impressive. Yeah. Nice. What is your favorite thing to do after a long run? Um, I like to just like read, would be just lay down, <laughs> do something, either watching TV or read. <laughs> Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Um, let's see. I have, I had a sticker of Freddie Prinze Jr. Um, <gasps> in my room that is still there. It's <laughs> amazing. Aren't, didn't he marry Sarah Michelle Gellar and they're still together? Yeah, he did. That's Buffy, nice. The yeah. Vampire Slayer. Yep. You know, good for them. I love yeah. that. I feel like how many issues of teen people did I have with them on the cover? Which exactly. that magazine was the best. What was the last great thing you purchased? Um, a nice coat, winter coat. Ooh, where'd you get it? I got it at All Saints when I was in New York, which is one of my favorite stores. Awesome. Who is your favorite runner? Uh, um, well, currently Meb. I'm, I just am really appreciating Meb this year. Yeah, he had a good <laughs> um, run. He's been one of my favorites for a long, long time. Solo run or run with friends? Uh, definitely a run with friends. All right, you're hosting a dinner party. You get to invite any five guests. Who are they? Like, um, from anywhere in the world? They can be, yep, anywhere in the world, living, dead, animals, whatever you oh, want. Wow. 
five guests. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to say Oprah right away. Okay, love it. Um, let's see, who else is interesting? Tina Fey, I think, would be really funny to talk to. Um, so she would be on there. Um, three more guests left. Uh, I'd say Joan Samuelson, because she's definitely an iconic marathoner, and I need some more marathon tips. So I would have her come. I'll put my husband in there. I like having him around. And <laughs> um, yeah, who can be the fifth spot? Um, I will say, let's see. This is going to be a very eclectic dinner. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't even know. I know. This is um, a hard question. This yeah, one throws people. five is a lot. I guess I'll say, um, I don't know. I don't know. The fifth spot's a wild card. All right. <laughs> you could just see who shows up. Yeah, I'll just have, I'll just... <laughs> I'll just put out an ad saying somebody show up and we'll see who it is. <laughs> Dope dinner party. <laughs> Guest list A+. <plus. laughs> awesome. All right. Before I let you go, give everyone listening a reason to run today. Um, go on a run today to just see how, yeah, see, just you'll feel better afterwards. Just see how it changes your view of the day. Awesome. Well, Molly, I cannot wait to see what you do next with your career and am cheering you every step of the way. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Now, I will admit that the morning after Molly and I recorded this episode, I was suddenly very motivated to try and run just a little bit faster because that's what Molly does. She pushes herself and she effortlessly inspires people along the way. I hope you're feeling that too. Thanks to Molly for joining the Alley on the Run Show family, and thanks to all of you for listening. You know the drill. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Alley on the Run 1, on the Alley on the Run Facebook page, or on my blog at AlleyOnTheRunBlog.com. That's where you can find this episode's show notes, which include links to everything Molly and I mentioned throughout the show. And hey, hit up Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, to make sure you're subscribed to the Alley on the Run Show and to leave a rating and review for the show. Thank you so much for letting me run with you, commute with you, grocery shop with you, cook dinner with you, or walk your dog with you. I love this so much. You're great. You deserve the best day ever. And thanks for joining me on the run.